0: Good evening and welcome to the final edition of this season's first tier. Today we're going to look back at the playoffs, players uh, that have impressed you this season, a quick look at League One next season and just a quick summarise, just to say thanks for everybody uh, for the sort of interim period we've been on for this season. Um, But yeah, it's been awesome and uh, let me introduce my first guest. It's the usual gang tonight, so we'll start off with Ben. Ben, good evening, how are you?
1: Evening Tom, Uh, glad to be on and um, very good mate, I hope you are. all good
0: as well. Yeah, all good. Thank you very much, mate. And of course, Matt uh, finishing his 100% attendance for the season. Matt, good evening. How are you?
2: Very well, thanks, fellas. Good to see you again after a week off. And yeah, looking uh, forward to just tying up a few loose ends before, well, it's our summer break, but the Euro starts in about six days, so there's no break from the football. So I'm sure the wives and the girlfriends will all be pleased.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. i said to the missus, the Euros is going to start as of Friday night. She said, England game. I said, "Nope, Turkey, Italy. She said, Why are you watching that? I said, Because it's the Euros, exactly. same as every year. <laughs> um, good evening, Joe. I think this is 100% attendance for you, and of course, left foot, right foot, Kenny Dougal, uh, and then Jake, uh, uh, ironically posting just underneath, Let's ignore the power final, um, which is a nice slipstream into our first uh subject of this evening which is a playoff final review now ultimately I am the one smiling here but we'll come to you first Matt Um, first and foremost what did you think of the game and you know did you did it pan out as you expected
2: Uh, the first 55 seconds or whatever it was didn't it didn't go the way I expected it it was it was a bit of a shock for everyone I think but I think it affected Lincoln more than it affected Blackpool looking at the rest of the game for me it was almost a I think I tweeted at the time and said if there was ever an example for a team scoring too early, it was Lincoln. Because after that, they they literally didn't have any idea on how to play the game. They didn't know whether to try and press. They didn't know whether to sit back and defend what they got. Um, and in the end, they sort of got stuck in between the two. And it made it very easy for Blackpool to just reset, compose themselves and play themselves back into the game. And, and I thought as soon as Kenny Dougal equalised, there was only ever going to be one winner and I have to agree with what Michael Appleton said and, and a few Lincoln fans, they didn't really get out of first gear and like, they didn't really show up as much as they wanted and it looked like they froze a little bit. But that's thats nothing to do with Blackpool and, and it's the old adage, you can only beat every, what's in front of you and Blackpool done it very well. I think if um, someone had said to any Blackpool fan that Kenny Dougal was going to score the equaliser and the winner, they'd have probably all laughed. But... Um, that's the funny way that the football world works. And, yeah, Blackpool deservedly really getting promoted for me.
0: Yeah, over to you, Ben. Does it as well from, from Matt, or did you have different thoughts on the final?
1: No, no, I pretty much agree. And, you know, I, I said on another show that I thought Lincoln's, like Matt just had scored too early, and then there were clues in what they would, Wanting to do, and all the game plan kind of went out the window. And sometimes, kind of, it can help a team get going, scoring early. But it actually helped Blackpool go because he thought, I'm gone, we need to wake up here, and they have to go for it. And when Blackpool have to go for it, and they've got you know space opening up, they can hurt teams, isn't it? This year they did. Uh, the double over Peter, but did the double over Portsmouth, you know, got a result over Hull at home, went away and drew. So, we know what they're like against the better sides, even when they're sitting or even when they go for it. So, I always thought Blackpool would come back. I was watching it in uh with my dad, and I, and I said, I think Blackpool will score, don't worry. Uh, he's a Blackpool fan, you know, just going, you know, they'll score it sometime. And Kenny Dougal comes up with a, a nice finish, and um, with for handball, never for me. And then, again, a lovely goal to win it. And I thought Blackpool seeded it out very well. And impossibly, it should have, could have been 3-4-1. or, four or one. You know, Yates had a chance at Medellin, you know, came on and held it up very well as well. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see um, how Blackpool strengthen next season.
0: Yeah, for me, I think Matt and you both have summarised it quite well. I think after, again, I've had this before at Wembley, I'm sure Blackpool fans in the chat, uh, like Joe, sort of agree when I went to Leighton Orient in 2001, um, we conceded after whatever was, 32 seconds, and then had a bit of deja vu. And my Leighton Orient mate texted me saying, it's just a Chris, Chris Tate syndrome, and you, you'll be fine. Um, but I, I couldn't... I said to Gary, and I said to Jake, um, even and Jake, who's in the chat as well, um, never have, have I... Did, did I expect... I didn't want Lincoln all season. You both know I predicted them to win the playoffs, and I didn't want them. And when they... When they scored early doors, I thought, you know, Garbutt's going to be done all game here and so on and so forth. But like you said, they just didn't settle, even though they scored, they just didn't settle. And, and we eventually grew into the game and you summarised it really well and left foot right foot Kenny Dougal pops up. I think Palmer should do probably a bit better with the first. The second one's a superb struck for me and we should have scored more. But at 2-1, you're always nervous. And they did have a couple of half chances, which, you know, they could have snatched an equaliser because it wasn't meant to be for them on the day and I think they need to sign well and I think they will um, next season but I do worry that they might not produce the same sort of form that they had. Um, Jake's just put here had George's Thunderbolt uh, gone in uh, not at the bar which you know was a decent strike to be fair I think we're going to win the game I think you were on top just a little bit j- just as that happened and then it was literally after that we probably controlled the game but Yeah, Lincoln didn't turn up for me. And how do you think, uh, I'll come to you first, Ben, how do you think Lincoln will do next season? Because Appleton's got a track record for signing really well in the loan market. Obviously, a lot of the team are loans, and they'll be missing a load of their core winners in the team this year. So how do you think they're fair next season? Or do you think you're going to need to see the transfer window before you make that judgment?
1: I think it's like any team in League One. You always have a lot that go out and a lot that come in. I think the prime examples, Oxford, who always sign very well. They sign good players, and it takes a while for them to kind of mold back together, get over the hunger, with the playoffs, and then go again. I think it might take them a bit longer to get going, but I think if they can bring some, you know, good players in, you know, they've got, you know, Hopper up front, you can you can score goals, not many, but you can keep, you know, the Grants, you know, the Montsomers. You know, get maybe Palmer back by. I think he'll be first choice at West Brom next season. You know, maybe get, you know, TJ Ayoma back from Tottenham. He's not really going to feature there. So, you know, they can just say, look look at what we did last season and we go again. I know, obviously, Matt will know Jordan Gray has been linked when, you know, a good club, Gillingham, I think it's maybe a little bit of a step up, but not too far. I think he could get a championship move. But again, I think they can attract maybe bottom half championship players and just say, look, we're going on this journey. Look where we've come from, and this is where we go again. And I think Lincoln will go again next season.
0: Yeah, they're a decent, fo- d- decent footballing sides. And uh, I met a Lincoln fan on the, um... <laughs> I met a Lincoln fan on the train just before um, going into the into central uh, into Wembley. Sorry, and he said five, you know, five and a bit years ago, which we all knew they were playing sort of non-league. Um football and look at where they are now in League One, but I, part of me thinks it was a big opportunity for them. I don't know how you feel, Matt, but part of me thought that was their big opportunity to maybe play championship football. But also that half of me, um, also like the um, NTT 20 pod said, Apperton always signs really well and he always has well-drilled, well-executed sides. So it wouldn't be a shock really, would it, to see him there next season?
2: No, not at all. He's, he's got a, a brilliant record. At this level if you go Oxford and and obviously now Lincoln and like Ben said clubs at this level have to rely on a lot of loans so and you take your chance with them don't you I mean Jills were a prime example we got three or four in, in in the summer and they didn't work out and we had to ship them out in in the January and then and get other ones in that really strengthened us and we improved markedly in the second half of the campaign so it's it's all a little bit pot luck when you're taking a chance on these kids that come down from the Premier League or the Championship but I'm sure Appleton would have had his feelers out probably at the end of last season already and starting to try to touch base. And I know Steve Evans has been working every day since the season ended from our point of view. And I'm sure it's pretty much the same for Appleton. And I'm sure he's got his eyes on targets. And it'd be interesting whether he can get the likes of Morgan Rogers back or Brennan Johnson. But they were really good. And you'd imagine that certainly Johnson's going to feature at Nottingham Forest. Um He's a very good player. I've said that plenty of times. Forget all the other stuff that, that he needs to get out of his game. I'm not going to talk about it again because I've gone over it a few times this season. But in terms of natural ability, and he's got all the tools to succeed as a, as a very good football league footballer at the very least. So, Rodgers is an interesting one because I don't think he'll play Man City. So, But will they look to get him higher up? I'd imagine if they want to get him games next season, they might look to get him in the championship as well. So, it's going to be hard to replace them. I still think they need a proper number nine. I like Tom Hopper. I think he works hard. He runs the channels and he occupies defences, but I think he's only a 10 goals a season player at best. And I don't think that's enough if you really want to be pushed on and take the next step next season. So I think they might look to get someone else in there. Defensively, they were very good. But like Ben said, I think Palmer might be in contention next season, especially if Johnson continues to play like he did in the England friendly. I think he'll be off to the Premier League. I think both fullbacks were on loan, weren't they? Was it um other the two, uh Eden and Ioma are both on yeah, loan. Yeah, so yeah. they're gonna they're gonna be hard to replace as well. But there's a chance you could get them back, like like Ben said, the one from Tottenham's not gonna feature for Spurs. So if they can keep got, Grant, got they can a track. Track you, yeah. they've got a, <laughs> they've got, a, they've, got a, they've got the core of a good side, but it's just about whether they can replace the quality that's going out and, and, and improve on that and, and kick on again. I'm not sure they will, but Let's wait till the end of the transfer window before we start making proper predictions, so to speak. Yeah,
1: of course. Just to join in on that, just quickly. Fleetwood last season when we got into the playoffs. Connolly we had on loan. He left. He came back later on in the season, about 10 games in. Then we lost Harry Suter, who was a big loss. We had him for 18 months. He went back to Stoke and played in the first team. Lewis Gibson went and got shipped out to the Championship Reading on loan. Not very successful. And we had McKay, who came back later on. So already we'd lost four or five of our lone players and it's a big big key and link, well, the thing is Lincoln had most of it was along the back four when you think you're two backs and your goalkeeper three about five as you will it's a big big key to release you can go and get a goal score It can score you 10 to 15 goals but it's those top quality defenders in league one that, are, that they are hard to come by and I think if Lincoln can replace them they'll be being in if they can't replace another season, maybe a bit like a shrewd we did a few years ago, maybe a season like fleet we did last season.
0: Yeah, probably a bit more inconsistent than consistent, but as long as they keep Appleton, I think, like you say, they win for every shout. Um, good evening, Tom. Ruined uh, your plans for next season with Blackpool going up. It's karma for wishing us to lose all season, buddy. Uh, good evening, Andy, uh, from East Staffordshire. And then Joe's just put uh, £359 in the North stand for Blackpool season tickets next year. Um, Fairly fair price. I think you get Monas at any price, but that's about 14, 15 games a season in championship. Not bad. Uh, John, welcome again, John. Uh, Nice to see you. Uh, Regardless of whether Lincoln throws, they had a phenomenal season. Couldn't disagree more. Um, Hi, lads. Uh, Even Matt, uh, can't stick around. We'll catch up in the stream later. Really enjoyed the debut season. Looking forward to next year. Uh, welcome back to the hollandback Back podcast. We join you next season, mate. Congrats on winning the playoffs, Tom, and good evening, lads. Uh, Charlie, hello, mate. Good evening. Uh, what have we got here? Lots of uh, people. Um, yeah, as, as I was just saying, is, is Appleton going to be of us next season is the real question, and he's been touted at a few clubs already, hasn't he, Ben? And he deservedly will probably get a chance, but in my opinion, he should stay at Lincoln probably one more season just to see what he can do. It depends what kind of club comes in for him. Um yeah. Alan, maybe maybe you know him. Uh, um, it's the quietest Matt's ever been? Um, <laughs> is it? Yeah, he's yeah. A but,
2: fan, Alan. He's a good lad. So, evening, Alan. I could be louder if you want.
0: Uh, t- uh, Jake's but Taylor is ours, thankfully. So, don't be permanent. Yeah. He's yeah. He's
1: permanently
0: oh, no. there. Oh, fair enough, then. Sorry. About
1: about Appleton. Yeah, I can yeah. agree. But he, when you look at his history, yes, he's been, you know, at but wasn't the greatest, of black, but we had to work under, you know, to, the tightest man in football. You two know, like weeks, old. mate. And uh, <laughs> he had, at least, I think, about ten or twelve games, and he won like once. But like, I, like I say, he had uh, oyster in promising money that didn't give it, and then he went to Blackburn. No problems with the Venkies, and I did a very good job at Oxford, and the West Brom job he is favourite. You know, I think he's uh, if you every two you put on you one back. He's been there as an under twenty-threes coach, so they like him a lot. And they're kind of a, a model that they like to they like to kind of stay compact. I think they, they'll go down the Sheffield United route that they went down, try and make a few more English plays and get an English manager that can work well. So I think it'd be a perfect fit, but Lincoln just need to say to him, Look, you're our man, please stay. And I think if he stayed within two seasons, they'll be in the championship.
0: Mm, it's a big shout. Um, like I we said, we'll see how this season transfer window goes. Um, we're just going to discuss now and please join in because we'll get your comments in as well. Um, impressive size this season. Obviously, you've got your your standard, your holes at Peterboroughs, etc. Um, but I'm just going to get the league table up um, because we're going to talk about sides that have impressed us and, and also in the same section talk about sides that we think will do well, that are not expected to do next season. Um, I'm just going to get the, the league table up. Sorry, it's like in the middle of the screen. But um, Ben, when you look at the side, Sorry, Matt, I'll come to you first. When when you look at the sides in um, in and around League One next season, apart from your obvious lot from last year, is there any sides there maybe that have come up or down that you think are going to disturb the apple cart a little bit or maybe that will struggle instantaneously? But for me, League One next season if it genuinely is the biggest, if not the most competitive league. It's, that I've, it's I've intriguing, ever seen in isn't it? Way. There's yeah. some
2: intriguing teams certainly coming up, the Morecams and the Cambridge that have either never been in there or have not been in there for a long time. Bolton coming back up to a level that they probably need to be at at the very least, considering their recent history. And who was the fourth team that came up from league league Um mm. Said Morecambe. Morecambe, oh, Cambridge, sorry. Bolton and... Cheltenham. Cheltenham, won, Cheltenham the and won the league. Yeah. Oh, Tom that, will that, be,
1: be
2: slating you, mate. <laughs> that'll be an interesting one. Um, you always say that you get one that goes straight through, but I don't see it with any of them four. Bolton, potentially, if they if they have money to spend, I think they, they'll probably be the best out of the four and the best equipped to do well in League One. Out of the three coming down, though, I don't really see any of them having a real shot at the top two. I think Wickham are probably consolidate. And that's, that's nothing against them or anything against Gareth Ainsworth. I think he's a very good manager. But I think we all know they had a bit of luck that they got into the playoffs two seasons back on points per game. And it was probably a bit of a freak and a bit of a one-off. Um, I don't think they'll be in any danger, but I think they'll probably finish sort of top 12, top 10 without really sort of troubling the top six. Um, who else? I saw, that, I saw that comment. Uh, Rotherham been speaking to been Ian to Bradders to win, on Twitter and I think I think all their strikers are being linked with moves away, which is never a great sign. Paul Warren knows how to get out of this division, but I think such is the strength of the league this year that I don't think they'll go straight back up. And Sheffield Wednesday could go straight back, could carry on and go straight down into League Two. Invariably, they're in the right state, aren't they? So, I don't think it's fair to comment too much on them because it's not really a level, fly, a level playing field from their perspective. So, Bolton to be the strongest in um, terms of the teams that are coming up and not really sure on any of the three coming down in terms of really troubling the top positions.
0: And, uh, Ben, from last season, obviously you got your which Ipswich's, Portsmouth's, um, Lincoln, Sunderland. It, for, for me, I, regardless of who signs who, um, obviously, there'll be, if you know Sunderland, like you said, pre-show that they're linked with Sanderson and it's looking more likely by the day for two million, that's going to be one hell of a sign. And a bit like Blackpool did with Ballard on loan, it's going to be maybe that key differential at the back. But there is that ultimate sort of voodoo that is Sunderland and they have that ability to maybe you not know, do as well as expected. But of the teams last season, um, who do you see being in and around sort of the top six consistently? I,
1: I, I've i said it since... Since this manager came in the door, I'm think and, and people don't think I'm crazy, but I think Shrewsbury. I'd be very surprised if Shrewsbury are knocking around the top six, such top ten. You know, Steve Cotchell knows what he's doing. Remember, they were like bottom slash second bottom of the league. You know, he got them out of that. And they were averaging kind of 1. 1.5, 1. 1.6 points per game. And he kept them at it. Even when he was away with COVID, he kept them at it. You know, they've got a good coach in Aaron Wilbraham. You know, they signed Luke How you can add goals from defence, maybe defensively. He's not the great greatest. you has got Matthew Pennington who they signed as well. So I think they'll be in and around it. And then I look at kind of the other clubs that kind of missed out, that'll be stronger. I think kind of, the ones that were, you know, like the crews. I think they'll drop down. I think M.K. Don's. I think I said it's a three-year plan with them. He's he had his first half the year where he kept them up, and then he had last year where they finished 13. I think if M.K. Don's can finish in the top 10 this season, and then the year after really push for the playoffs, I think that will be a good two years for M.K. Don's. I think they need to replace a few players. That you know they've lost a few as well, but. I think there's going to be a few surprises this year. I think there'll be two or three teams that weren't in the playoffs or weren't maybe in the top 10 last season that could upset it. And, you know, Jills are always up there as well, as Matt knows. They're always kind of like like the top of the league one. They're there there to put the pressure on, but just never quite get in um, on the last day. But, you know, they've got a good squad, Jills, and I think they'll be in and around. Why have they got Steve Evans? They've got a chance.
0: Yeah. Joe's just put uh, come to you first, Matt. Uh, I think Burton the dark horse as they finish really strong. Do you do you think they've got the consistency and maybe with the teams that are in it to really challenge again, or do you think they'll just be a comfortable side mid table this season rather than having that panic? Because obviously being after twenty three games where they were sixteen points, whatever it was, um, do you think they'll have such an uncomfortable season this year?
2: No, they won't, they won't be in any danger of going down. I think all the time that Jimmy Floyd and Dino Mamrie are there. But I don't think they'll be in the top six. I think they started really well. If the, if this manager bounce is a thing, they really had it, didn't they? They were phenomenal for the first eight, ten games that they went in. Then they got a little bit inconsistent towards the end of the season. But they was already safe and, and that happens. Subconsciously, players switch off a little bit once the job's done. So, obviously, that won't happen first half of the season. I think they'll be at it from the word go. They've made a sign-in today, I think, haven't they brought in Cameron Borthwick-Jackson on a free yeah. from uh, Oldham, left-back, who I think was highly rated as a I think it was at United, but career stalled. But yeah, so it look, that looks an astute sign, and if you can get him to step up, um, I don't think they'll break into the top six. I think they'll still be a little bit inconsistent. But again, it's, you know, it's, it's early June. We're two weeks after the season's ended. We could sure. be having a completely different chat on the first show of next season after looking at everyone's transfer windows. They could have gone and signed a 20-goal-a-season striker and look a completely different proposition. But if you had to ask me now, I'd say they'd be absolutely fine, but I don't think they've got enough to get in the playoffs or the top two.
0: Yeah, answer said, I believe League One and Championship look the most competitive we've seen in a while. Couldn't agree more. I was impressed with Crew this evening, Dan. was impressed with Crew from what I saw the two games at Blackpool. They can keep their group players together. I think they need to sign potentially a bit of experience, but add that flair they've got as well. But they're going to do a decent job this year, I think, as well. Um...
2: Might lose a couple though. That's the trouble again, isn't it, it? Similar to most clubs, yeah. they'll end up losing a couple.
1: They're losing, you know, Harry Pickering out. I? I mean, they're losing, yeah. you know, Owen yeah. Dale could be off as well. So yeah. if they lose, then they are putting Chris Long today back. Who they're absolutely raving about by watching at Fleetwood. And I'd put him in the top three worst players I've seen in a Fleetwood show. And I know you've seen him as well, Tom. I think you horrendous footballer.
0: You know, needs the right manager sometimes. Uh, Plymouth Dark Courses, for me at the moment, Ryan has got them playing some good stuff. Again, it's whether they're going to have the quality and depth to challenge, I don't know, but they're certainly a decent club. Um, league One's going to be good next season for sure. Um, yeah, the Burn story is a bit extraordinary this season, wasn't it? Yeah, when we had Ed on, he's described some of the stuff, and although we can look at the league positions, it's just extraordinary journey. They've been on a bit like Lincoln over the few years, and They've, they've got a great backstory and a, and a fantastic football club. Uh, Wigan and Ipswich definitely going to challenge um, Burton and Shrewsbury ones to watch. That's a really good shout, John. Um, love Akron to have a tilt at the plough. Yeah, have you seen their stadium? Um, any of you two recently? Yeah. Have you seen the stand that's been built? Phenomenal yeah. work. Yeah, follow Andy, Andy Holt
2: on Twitter. Yeah,
0: yeah, superb. Um, and Apples, do you miss Louis Coyle?
1: Yeah, um, I think he was—he was very solid. He was never like a nine out of ten, but he was never less than a seven. You know, he was very good defensively. You know, stable, decent going forward as well. And had him on loan for two and a half years and on a permanent for six months, and we got quite a healthy six-figure fee for him. So you know, he was a good player. I Wish him all the best of luck. But I can't be good. you going to his the, the football team that he supports, his hometown. So where. Uh, I do miss him, but like I say, um we've just signed Brad Allardy, which is the first permanent proper right back we've had since Conor McLaughlin, if you're not counting the recall we had only for six months.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um we're moving on now to uh just an interesting real graphic wanna look talk about five, ten minutes if possible. Matt I'll come to you first because you've you've tweeted about this graphic earlier on and we've got a few things to say about it. So I'm just gonna bring up Again, sorry, it's quite small. We couldn't get a bigger graphic, but this is the table after 23 games this season. And Matt will come to you first. But your thoughts when you first saw this? I know you tweeted a lot about it, but even looking back at uh, some of the sides, obviously you initially see Burton, um, you see even see Jules in there who are the late flourish, and then you see teams such as Accrington, Lincoln, Doncaster at the top, and you realise what what a mad season has actually been, don't you?
2: Yeah, it's crazy, and I, my eyes were immediately drawn to the the top and the bottom in that. And that's what I tweeted. That's what I quote tweeted and said that it's ironic that Doncaster and Burton essentially flipped places through the second half of the season because Burton ended up on something 50-odd points. So they took 41 points from their final in 23. And Doncaster went the other way and took 16 from the final. 23, which saw them drop all the way down to 14th, which is a staggering collapse. I didn't realise how bad it was. I wasn't aware that they were top at the halfway stage. So that's an unbelievable collapse. I know they lost a couple of players and essentially their manager as well. So Ben Whiteman and Darren Moore were huge Cogs in their wheel, so to speak, and you didn't realise how big until they disappeared. But Blackpool in green as well, obviously, were promoted. So, they had a phenomenal second half of the season. So, if you look at that, 34 points at the halfway stage, ended up on 80. So, that's 46 from the second half of the season. That's two a game. That's absolutely outrageous at any level. Um, so, fair play to Neil Critchley. And, and again, deserve, I think I saw another stat the other day which said it was the first time ever that... First, second and third, first, second and third and first, second, third and fourth had all been promoted from the championship League One and League Two. So that was a weird one as well. And it just sort of ties in with everything. It was a weird season for everyone when it would not be an out of go and stuff like that. But yeah, there was there was a few that stood out. Jill's improved quite steadily. It's whether we can start properly this season if we if we want to have any sort of real go at the top six. I think we need to start better, recruit better in the summer. Um but, yeah, the two big ones were obviously Burton and Doncaster and essentially went from top to bottom and bottom to top in the, the two halves of the season and were the very uh, definition of the old adage, the old cliche, a game of two halves or a season of two halves for both of them.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Um, Matt's just said slightly concerned about Pompey, our uh, lack of players right now, but we'll see at the end of the year, They lost another player today, didn't they? Um, gone to Doncaster close. Um, yeah. Uh, um, so, so I know effectively refused to play until they draft a new squad and amazing. Jimmy Ford has achieved it but when you look at the table, well, when you say refused to play, obviously a few games got called off, didn't they, due to COVID and stuff like that but ultimately I said the same about Lincoln when apparently they had a, uh, a break because of COVID a lot of people said that it wasn't that bad and they should have played on but whatever works at the end of the day, I think if you need that break and you, and you can make it happen, then I wouldn't criticise any team if it done the you know positivity to them. Um, trust the Cowleys, um, Matt. They produce, a speaking from experience, yeah. And Dan's just alluded to that tactical COVID um, for both Lincoln and Burton this season. But you know, you say what you want. It's, it's 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 an unknown, wasn't it? An unknown pandemic pandemic. And if it was in their squad, then you can't blame them at all. Um, thing is as
2: well, how much does it help them? Because they end up with a fixture pile-up. So they're postponing games, yeah. but then they've got to go and play Saturday, Tuesday for three months at the end of the season, like you ended up doing because you had to play teams that had, had games called off. So I don't think it really gave teams yeah. that were doing it a head start because they ended up having to play so many games in a short space of time, even more than everybody else did. So I'm not sure it gave teams too much of an advantage. The one that made me laugh was, Jake, I went on to the Stacey Westage preview a game that then got called off because of a waterlog pitch. And he, he texted me that night and he said, I'm not sure why it's been called off. It's been dry up here for two days. And then it found out that apparently they had a COVID outbreak as well. So, And ah. that came from him. So I'm not sure what was going on then, but it, it is what it is. And it? it was a weird season and we got through it. I think that was the main thing.
0: Yeah, I don't think it'll be happening. Fingers crossed again next season. Hopefully we can back in the stadium. Um Ben, I'll come to you first or we'll, we'll talk about um, a few things on Twitter that, that came through Um this evening, I asked the viewers and listeners uh, their viewers' choices for their player of the season. Um, we had a few. I'll start off with one. Um, Hayden Carter, who came on, came in alone at Burton, ever present since uh, centre-back for for Burton. And obviously, a, a pivotal point in their their defence this season. Um, I think he played 90 minutes almost every game since the 9th of January. He scored and the
2: winner on his debut, I think, against it, us in, the, in Asselbank's first game as well. Yeah, they beat yeah. us 1-0.
0: So a superb loan sign, and um, Ben and I don't know if you've seen him too much this season, but he certainly was a part of their transfers in January, which helped them become such a decent side in the second half of the season.
1: Yeah, uh, they brought a, quite a few decent plays in in the January, didn't they? Obviously, they got Carter in at the back. They got Johnny Smith, who's you know a very good player at this level. He's done it with Oldham as well in League Two, so. Now, they've got a few good players. I think when you look at, you know, the other the other nominees you play for the season. I know um the MK Faithful are, uh, you know, talking about Scott Fraser. When you get twenty goal contributions in a team that finished thirteenth in the league, fourteen goals, six assists on a free transfer, it's unbelievable. He didn't start off too well, but again, you know, he he always looks a threat and you know, a very good pass for the board. 14 goals is, you know, some going, six assists as well. So, uh, you know, there's quite a few to choose from, isn't there? But I think Fraser's got to be right up there. Then um, you've got your obvious ones, you know, your Yates, you know, your Piggott, your Johnson Clark Harris's, your White, your Chris Maxwell's, and so on. So uh, we could be here all day talking about how many good players are in League One now.
0: Yeah, I think when it comes to someone like Scott Fraser, you on paper when he's had the season he's had and I I genuinely believe MK Dons will probably be pushing top 10 next season maybe not sort of in terms of top half I think though if they sign well I think they've got the the core and the experience if they don't lose Fraser for example um, they're going to be pushing really well next season and at the moment I can predict about 12 teams that can probably make the top two or the top six so that's why it's so interesting next season and how you know how much you think a Sunland or someone like that would would pay for, for Fraser? You know, even players like Embleton, which I spoke to um the Roker report about this week, when they said they weren't in their plans, they said, you know, is it easily is it easy to say in hindsight, I said to him, it's easy to say in hindsight, sorry, that would Embleton make a difference to Sunland this season? And obviously the obvious answer is yes, because we've been promoted. But if he weren't in Johnson's original plans, then you can't criticize Johnson for, for not playing him. But I see Sunderland going, going out for someone like that, and they're going to keep McGeady by the looks of things next season. He's going to be key for them, but do you think he can replicate what he done, or do you think do you, do you think he'll want to play in League One, um, Matt next season?
2: Emberton, McGeady. um, oh, McGeady. Sorry, McGeady.
0: um that's a one,
2: isn't it? He's thirty five now. Would a Championship side take a punt on him? I'm not sure. Purely because of the age, but in terms of ability, he's still doing it, isn't he? He's still setting up goals, he's still creating chances, he's still causing fullbacks no ends of problems. But I, I think he'll end up staying at Sunderland. Yeah. My concern with Sunderland now is Lee Johnson. I just think that, and we we laughed about it throughout the whole running, didn't we? The streaky Lee thing, but there, there is something to it, and.
0: He, he, if he, he starts he,
2: like he ended the season, I think we could have another Jack Ross or Phil Parkinson situation, and he'd be gone.
0: Yeah, I think for me, he's he's got a touch of the um, Boyer about him, and uh, even Kenny Jacket to some extent. Do you remember Boyer was you know just saying things post match that you just you just didn't want to hear, and it came a bit frustrating and annoying, a bit like Parton as well when he was blaming the ref every single week. And I appreciate they always have something. Probably to back that up at the same time, you want him to hit, say something different about their team and what they're going to do next game to improve it. But he always sort of came up with an excuse towards the end. And yeah, fingers crossed, you know, Sunderland, they don't deserve to go up because they haven't been good enough for four years. But a club that size, the fans certainly deserve deserve a lot more. Uh, Jakes, but George... Uh, Grant of course I said George Honeyman on Twitter yeah absolutely and um, Malik Wilson and Jacob Reeves have superb seasons as well Jake's put Wigan have been linked with Fraser that's Wigan's an be interesting linked, one been with linked with everyone
2: they, at the moment so sure they we're we're... On, I thought they've signed a couple was it Jack Watmore they got Jack Watmore in haven't they is that done From yeah Portsmouth?
1: Jack Watmore on a free so you know you've been there in Portsmouth years it's you know first move so proper out of Portsmouth but I worry with Wigan I, I, I just hope that They've not come in, and I, I look at it, and I think what Scunthorpe did, I think mean, what Fleet would have done, you think what, you know, Barry have done where your know, owners have come in and gone, oh, let's splash the cash here a bit. Look at, like, Wednesday did the first two seasons in the Championship, series, and then they're out of money, and then they don't know what to do, and then they kind of think we have to stabilise again. I just hope that Wigan aren't going to do that. I hope Wigan are sensible enough to go... Right, let's bring players in that aren't going to destroy the wage budget that we can afford and it's not going to tip us over again. So if they can stay nice and relaxed on the wage budget, I think they'll be OK. We can, I think they've got to think of the long-term future instead of just trying to lure the, the best players in the League 1 into one squad.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. You could you can go the other way, can't you, and sign ridiculously, pick your players from... It doesn't always work like that. Sometimes you need that strong unit, a bit like Hull, you know, they weren't as fashionable as everyone would like them to be when you win the league. But at the same time, they always know how to win and they were a very strong unit with a decent manager. They just found ways to win. A bit like Burton were as well. They find ways to win. So I think they'll be all right. I think their owners are unknown, aren't they? So we can't sort of comment on what the owner is going to be like. But that's another one next season. They're a massive club. they in the Premier League, obviously, for years. Won the FA Cup. New owners on the on the bounce of surviving relegation and and the, again there will be one to look at next season. You wouldn't be surprised if they're in the top half as well. So just, I'm really looking forward to the transfer window, um, and I'm really looking forward to see how teams are shaping up come next season because there's some massive teams in there. Um, Ali, and I'm sure you'll agree. Um, Matt, he's put big V all day long. Yeah, your player yeah, with your player of the season.
2: He was my player of the season for Jills, yeah. I mean, you take his goals out of that and we were never in a chance of getting into playoffs. Twenty in all competitions, seventeen in the league, eight in a month in March. That's got us within we well, got us into the playoffs, didn't it, momentarily because of playing before everyone else. But yeah, I said start of the season, would he make the step up? He hadn't scored loads for, for Northampton but it seemed that he continued to do everything that he did for the cobblers and the ball started going in a bit more. And that was similar for his season in terms of the first half of the campaign with us. I think he he was doing everything that he was doing in the second half of the season, but it just seemed that from sort of middle of February onwards, everything was going in. And uh, yeah, very good player and 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 one of the best at what he's meant to do in League One, I think now. And that's, I know I'm, you know, coming with a little bit of bias there, but he's got to back it up next season, of course, if he goes and struggles next season, then the old one season wonder comes out, but I'm confident he'll go and score goals again. And I think he'll probably thrive on the fact that he will be the ultimate number one next season in terms of this year he came in and he was competing with John O'Kindy and Dominic Samuel. And I think this season he's our prime striker and then others have to try and get the shirt off of him, so to speak. So I think we'll be absolutely fine if we can keep him and he'll score plenty of goals again.
1: Uh, I,
0: I genuinely don't see him struggling one bit. Um, I think he's found his feet. And like you say, he's gonna be the main man next season. As long as he keeps fit, I think he'll be you can easily score hit see him scoring 12, 13 goals before the season's even started with confidence, can't you? How do you think it's gonna fare? I'll stay with you, Matt. Um, even though sort of he's losing Jordan Graham. Um I think Jordan Graham deserves a shout in terms of numbers, um, from a you know, a mid-team say a mid-table side. Um obviously he's he's supported with the um Dean Oliver really well this year. And do you think you're going to sign to replace him um, or do you think you're going to find a different system next year which is going to work well?
2: For uh, I'm intrigued to see how we go because I spoke to Jordan last week for my channel and I think he said on there that when he first joined on loan at the back end of last season, he couldn't get in the side because we were playing a diamond and he was the only natural wide man. It was only when we started having to really win games and take chances that we were playing three centre forwards, one from the side and then Jordan Graham as a winger as well. Um, So I think we might go back to the diamond this season. I think we might go away from the natural wide men. He's virtually impossible to replace unless you spend big money, I think, because 13 goals, 12 assists in all competitions is, like Jake said, it's a a really good record for a team that, we was we was above mid table, and he's being nice isn't he, because he wants to sign him and all that. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, he was very good, very very good, and um, it was it was an interesting comment he made with me. And he might, I hope he forgives me for saying this because this was before we went on air with the interview. And he said that he might not go championship; he might stay League One if the right club and the right manager come in for him and the project is correct in terms of developing his game, because we have to remember that he's 26, but he's also lost a lot of time in terms of games. He's only played a hundred or so first team games because of that ACL that he suffered at Wolves. Yeah. So he feels in terms of his body, he's still only sort of early twenties. Um, so it might be that if a league one project takes his fancy, he said it's not about the money for him. He just wants to go to a team where he can develop his game and But at the same time, he was very forthright when I asked him right at the end and said, would we still see Jordan Graham as a Premier League player? And he was very confident that he will get to the Premier League. So it'd be an interesting journey to watch, I think, the Jordan Graham one wherever he goes. But I don't think it's a gimme now, having spoken to him one-on-one, that he's necessarily going to go to the Championship. He wants to play for a manager that will develop his game and, and, and teach him new roles. He was talking about the number 10 and that type of thing as well. So I think it'd be an interesting story, however it
0: goes. Yeah,
1: well,
2: that's absolutely. Fleetwood lined out with So Thanks a lot,
0: Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say go, it. Go back 15 years and you can he sign. He also you.
2: said that's why he didn't resign with Jules Ben. So. Uh,
0: even in scoops, I'm not, not smug at all, fella. Just had a decent season. I'm very happy. Just been um, pissed for a week. Mate, I'll tell you what. I woke up <laughs> Monday. I've got, I sent you, did I send you that video? I sent the third of that video. I watched it back the other day. I didn't realise it was even on my phone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was. It, I was merry to say the least. But yeah, Monday I woke up. I was absolutely fine. Went for a walk with the family. I was up at five a.m. the next day. So, um, watch watch the final back just to sort of relive it because you know half half cut at the time. And you know it was a like I said a really good weekend of, of football for us and not so much for Lincoln fans. But yeah, even an Ian um, Miller's fan here looking forward to getting involved next season. Yeah, we can't wait to have some Robin fans on next season and getting involved. Um. Uh, and a nice comment from Jake there. Uh, fair play, Matt. Nice comment uh, back to him about uh, Lincoln. Um, going to go over to you now, Ben, just to give us a little update. Obviously, it's been a ridiculously busy couple of weeks since the season's, or sort of a week or so since the season's finished. And we're just going to touch upon some of the transfers that that have caught your eye, or as many as you want to talk about. We've got plenty of time, so feel free to take to take over at this point.
1: Yeah, when I, when I look at the signings, there's been quite a few. I think there's been fifteen or sixteen of the updated ones today. You look at Aqunton, as what I like, they've done this year. They've gone out and got you know Pell from Colchester. Last year they went to go and get uh, Burgess straight away. So already they've pro- the Coleman says he always likes to get his first signing in uh, on time before the season and get him in, and that's what he did last year. And that's what he's done this year. I like that a lot and three signs. you know, George Johnson, you know, played in the Dutch league, was on loan at Wigan towards the back end of last season. I like him. A lot Josh Sheehan, again, you know, played for Newport. You know, we had, a funny stat was he played 24 games on loan, 25 games on loan, and he scored seven goals. He signed permanently, played 154 games and only scored the eight goals. So, he uh, <laughs> scored, scored a lot of goals in the first seven and kind of dipped in the 154. Maybe now he thought, oh, I've got a contract now. It doesn't really matter now, but a very good player as well. You know, we talked about Cameron Bothwick, Jackson, you know, full-back, lots of energy, good going forward. You know, crew again, Chris Long, you know, he's a good player. He knows it. And he's one of those, like you said before, Tommy, if a right manager can come and get him under the shoulder, I think he's... A very good signing at this level. Dave Artell's is good at doing that. You know, yeah. Doncaster Ben Close, that is a terrific signing on a three-year deal. I think most of these signings are at least a two-year, but a lot of them are three-year deals. And, you know, Ben Close, three-year deal, he said, how much he's always enjoyed playing against Doncaster because how good they've been. You know, we signed Brad Halliday, you know, decent, solid signing, you know, mid-table. I think, like I say, Matt will be happy with the Oli Lee signing. You know, I think it's very solid. I think it's a smart piece of business. I think when you, a play successful in your team, I think you you need to forget about the you know the old players you need to think about the plays that you have that's made you so good and bring them back. I think you, you're you're the same next year, Tom. You'll be watching the you know the Bowers, the Gabriels back and and so on. And which may look also to be spending a bit of money as well. You know Wes Burns, you know uh, under undisclosed fee from Fleetwood, good sign. Lee Evans again, both twenty twenty four deals. So it seems like it's going to be a, a three year deal. A, you know, three-year project at Ipswich, Portsmouth, uh, Plymouth. James Wilson, experience centre half. Shrewsbury, been impressed. Like we said before, Pennington and Lehigh, and Oxford. Marcus Magoo, good signing, and Wigan. Jack Watmore. So it's been a lot of good signings. Um, I would. I'd like to ask you Which would you say so far would you be you say standout signing? Because when I look at it, I think Ben Cloete is a very good one, and yeah. they also think what well, Ipswich have done with Lee Evans and Wes Burns are very good as well.
0: I'll go to you,
2: Matt, first. I'm very happy with mine because based on the fact that we know how well he plays and he he plays the system, so I think it's the least risky of everything at the moment. Don't get me wrong, there's potential for others to go and be better than Ollie Lee, but I think in terms of of getting someone back in who you know is very good, has played a big part in the success and two top 10 finishes over the last two seasons, I'm very happy with that one. But, yeah, I think Ipswich would be the ones to keep an eye, on. I think Paul Cook's been given licence to go and spend a bit and, And get his own players and it looks like he's trying to get the average age down and make them more dynamic and a bit more on the front foot because last season it was very it was boring wasn't it I mean we spoke about them at the end of the season I think they went however long without even scoring a goal and they they weren't against teams that were were up the top it was teams that were struggling down the bottom so I think
0: Paul Cooks is the the double over
2: (laughs) yeah that wasn't in the running was it i mean they were really struggling at the end of the season there were so many nil nils and it it wasn't even fun to watch i mean you get the odd good nil nil but i think they'll be a completely different animal this season with a a proper pre-season and paul cook getting his own players in i think there was one did you mention plymouth's one as well ben i was just trying to look james wilson james wilson yeah i really like
0: that that looks like a
2: decent signing for them as well because they were poor defensively for the back end of the season. I don't think they won any in their last eight or nine and it will help them out. But yeah, it's you know it's, it's one or two here and there at the moment. Once you start seeing teams bringing clusters of players and you can start working out systems and shapes, it'll be a lot more interesting and we'll have a lot of a, a much better idea in, in terms of how the table might shape up next season. Invariably, we'll all do our predictions and we'll be wildly wrong like I was last season. But
1: And Plymouth also, Danny May and a new two-year contract. Yeah, that was the right, man so... yep. Yeah. Good signings Uh, uh, coming out of Plymouth as well. So Sorry, Michael. So I think Gab Sutton tweeted the other day, and I agreed with him. He goes, it's the first time he's thought that 14 or 15 clubs could get in the top six. And I always say, there's always those, you know, I always say there's 12 that could go up, and there's about six or seven that can go down. But this year, I'd say there's 14 that could go up, and about six that will go down. And I bet you... Flippen and Gillingham will be the two that aren't, you know, any of them. It'll just be, you know, a bit of mixture, <laughs> yes. a bit of play, a bit of, you know. Mate, you're
0: bringing play. Gillingham down here, mate. You're in I mean, trouble. I well. up
1: more, mate. I, t- I tried to bring <laughs> Gillingham up so you to get out of here, up.
0: I think you're completely right. And the reason I find, and what Matt said is spot on, it's intriguing. The reason it's intriguing is because whoever doesn't go up are going to be mightily pissed off. Um, because of the teams expected to go up, so your Portsmouth, your Sunlands, you know, all your teams that are expected to finish in the playoffs, we're going to get about five or six teams that, you know, aren't going to go up, that that really want to go up. And will they lose? Will they invest heavily this year to go up? or they lose their managers for not performing as well as they want to. So it's the first 10 games, which Matt said, like the Lee Johnsons of the world, is going to be really squeaky bum time early doors. And I think teams need to start really well. Um, I don't think it'll be the same as Ipswich. I think they're going to be a bit more patient with him. And as you said, Ben, with those two signings and Matt, when they said they've got a licence to spend money, do you see it as a, a, a two-year project? Or do you really think the owners or Paul Cook will want to be up and around the playoff straight away?
2: guess we'll only find out come end of August, won't we? Because it's two players they've got in now, but we've got all summer to find out how much they're going to, you know, dip into their pockets, so to speak. The one that interests me more is Portsmouth as well, and I know a couple of comments have come in, and and Jake said to, to the Portsmouth fan, Matt, not to worry and trust the Cowleys, and I get that. They're very good at what they do, but the the one that, confuse me a little bit was Andy Cannon being released. There was no attempt to keep him, I don't think. And that was a strange wow. one for me because I thought he was playing well back end of the season. He's a decent midfielder at this level. He was good at Rochdale. Pain in the arse to play well. against because he's one of them players that you want inside the tent spitting out rather than outside spitting in. He's a he's a very good player and he's a nightmare to play against. And that was a strange one. I could the other ones they released you could understand Charlie Daniels was getting on and, and wasn't really playing well. Geordie Hawula I just think needs a home, Dordie Hawula. I think there's talent in there and he's still only mid-20s. It's like If 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 someone takes a chance on him and and says, you're going to play 30, 35 games in the league, I think he'll get you 10, 12, 15 goals. I just think that he's been so nomadic for so long now that he just never really settles anywhere. He gets six-month or year deals and he's never really first choice. I just think if a club was to say, right, let's take a chance on him and make him, I don't know, Dare I say, I, I think I put him in my potential targets for Gillingham. If you, if you say to him, you're going to come in, you're going to be first choice, and you're going to play up alongside for Dane Oliver. I think there's a very good footballer in there. I think he just becomes a little bit sort of master of all trades. and Sorry, what's the jack of all trades, master all of none? Of none. Because he, he can play through the middle, he can play from the side. So I don't think he ever nails down a
0: position. But I think he was, there's a potentially a very good centre forward in him. He was misused at, at, at Pompey because... Like you said, he would come on 83 minutes and then, and then what? It, you and know,
2: they never came out wide, didn't they?
0: Yeah, it was an awful management from him. And and, and and to be fair to him, it could be the best thing that ever happened. And Matt just alluded to the cannon. Um, he always puts in loads of effort, but the numbers always slightly poor. And Ant's linked with his 16th player tonight in the chats. So Andy, <laughs> uh, gone with Hull, Um they were close to signing to uh, Monko tonight, so maybe he's going to take the step up to championship side. I think he'll be a half-decent squad player, that's for sure. Um, Ian Bradley's put... Can we, uh, where's Josh Emanuel? Sorry, he also put... I think he put, yeah. Can we have Yates back, Tom? The irony of not wanting to to play him now, obviously, were you in League One and, and him going up, but we'll see how he fares in the Championship. And Joe's put, um, what League One club do we see Solid Kai-Kai ending up at? Yeah, it's an interesting release from Blackpool. He didn't want to leave, by judging by his statement, and he's a, um, yeah, a bit unlucky to be released. Very frustrating on his day, but one hell of a player in there. I don't know. You'd like to see him at someone like Gillingham Is not is not probably out of this out of question if 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 Evans wants to go out and get him, I think he'll go somewhere to play football. Do I think he'd be ready for the championship first half of the season? I didn't want him anywhere near the squad. Second half of the season, he turns into this player that wins games by himself, i.e., Sunderland strike, i.e., the Gillingham game when he was out of this world, and and you just think we need to see that week in week out, and for me. I would probably want him in the squad still and that's you know that's coming from me you literally didn't want him in the team um but i'm a bit more shocked than i was at ollie turton leaving some some players were a bit more shocked at ollie turton leaving than in kai kai but we'll see where he ends up and i think it's is a one hell of a sign in there for league one at, at, at any team in there.
2: Yeah, I had an interesting chat with a couple of Blackpool fans on Twitter and they said that they think he'd be better as a 10, whereas you tended to play him from the side. And I said, well, we've just signed Ollie Lee. So in that, does it then negate the, the chances of us getting him in? But I think, again, I know I've just said the opposite about Hawoola, but at this level, you need a few players that can play one or two positions because generally you run with smaller squads in, the, in, in League One, especially a club like Gillingham, Fleetwood, that type of thing. I'm not, not going to get into budgets and comments like that because I'll get shot down. But I just think... Where, if he ends up in League One, he, he's going to prove to be an asset, I think, if you can keep him yeah. fit. And the I think he's, he's been Southern based, hasn't he, as well? Aside from Blackpool, I think he's, he's always been yeah, down yeah, this yeah. way. So, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And the signing of Embleton really let him and Embleton be free because they both drifted in between number 10 and the wing position and they, you know, interacted really well. So, any League One side he walks into, for me, providing he shows the right sort of attitude and you know and, and wants to play. And when he wants to play, he can really play. But moving on um, to the last uh, couple of bits of the show, I wanted to ask both of you just one question. If you want to sign anyone that's available this window, I'll start with you, Ben. Who's going to improve your side exponentially to give you a chance next season? Who is it?
1: Well, I'm going to say, again, Matt, Jordi, Oula. You know, we've had him before. We had him when we nearly went down... Um, when we had Uwe and Sheridan came in and saved the day, so he scored I think, 12 or 13 goals that season in all competitions. You know, he's a quick winger, you know, he's you know he's a very kind of, he's not kind of a high player, he's kind of very low-toned and gets on with his business, which I like, and he'll score us goals. And we need a strike, we've only got one strike at the club, we've only got 12 players, including three goalkeepers, so... You know, we, we we need a striker, so I'd probably say Jordi Awula and we know he can go and get on that ten to fifteen goals and you know, if we can get if we can get that, that's the difference between a point a game and one point five points a game, which is all the difference between a, a, a bottom place a bottom four place finish and a mid table place finish. If we get Arula, I'd be delighted.
0: Spot on the map.
2: There's plenty out there, isn't there? Like I said, I did my video a couple of weeks ago. There's so many good players that you can get on a free. In terms of the positions that we've lost out on, I think we can get a goalkeeper pretty easily. They're not too tricky to find solid League One keepers. I know we've been linked on Twitter the other week to Luke Chambers, but it looks like he's going Colchester, because I know Cole Skuza's gone there already from Ipswich, so it seems like there's going to be a bit of reunion in Essex. But... That type of centre-half, for me, I think is something that we lacked all last season, is an experienced head. And if you could get a Chambers type in and guarantee that he plays 35, 40, 45 games, then I think it would be brilliant for someone like Jack Tucker, who spent all of last season, up until Christmas, having six, seven partners at the back, which was was no good for anyone. And that's why we were so inconsistent. Second half of the campaign, we got Robbie Cundy in young himself but at least what it did was it gave consistency in selection and it gave Jack Tucker a regular partner and with that results got better because there was consistency in performances and people knew how to build up relationships but I think an experienced centre-half would be vital for Jules if we want to make that next step and then we can build the squad around that I think we can find a keeper we know Jordan Graham and Connor Ogleby are going to be hard to replace, but I think you can find decent left-backs. And I think we might go back to the diamond. So then that sort of counters the loss of Jordan Graham. Is that Hull and Back have been linked to another player? Now, is that Carl Dempsey we've just seen there? We'll put that one up. Look at that. They've signed basically the whole of the division. They've signed, I mean, they have right signed the that. whole division and they'll still get relegated. <laughs> 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 bloody, bloody joking. He <laughs> signed <saying> George <laughs> today, haven't he? They? they did, yeah. A lot of their fans didn't want him
0: looking at the replies.
2: I think he's a very good player, especially
1: but at Liverpool. He's a good High League one player. Bottom end championship, not sure. If it's
0: one of those players in your squad that you want and that's why I think Ollie Turton... For Blackpool, no, um, he's been phenomenal all this season. And I'm so, you know, when when we released him, I was shocked because he's such a versatile player. And I think he's going to go to a League One club. And then two minutes later, he signed for Huddersfield, which I don't know. We'll, we'll see if it, they're using him as, as his main right back this season. They could be in trouble, but that's that's more of the Championship talk. Uh, link to everybody, sign nobody. Uh, yeah, you've been talking. You've been looking at the EFL. What is the EFL transfer news on, on EFL Twitter. EFL Harb,
2: EFL Zone, EFL, EFL, EFL Zone 2. On EFL, my Twitter. Yeah. Absolute <laughs> whoppers.
0: Um, but yeah, that, that just concludes uh, today's show, guys. I just want to say um, we're going to enjoy the Euros as much as we possibly can. I know Gareth Southgate is probably not going to play anyone we want to play and play five centre midfielders or, 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 th- or three right-backs, who knows. But fingers crossed we can have a decent tournament and we see some decent football. And, Touchy subject, but see 90,000 fans back at Wembley uh, two weeks after we had 4,000 there. So um, then I, I, I'll, I'll leave the expletives out of this one. I'll mute quickly. But yeah, it's an absolute joke. But it'd be good to see England fans back in numbers regardless of the situation. And, and fingers crossed the boys can do us proud. But after that, we're going to let the transfer window kick on, see what um, teams, players sign and get some guests on based on that and then give our thoughts on that. And then we'll all do a eight eight our first show proper show back to preview the season is going to guess from the 1 to 24 a bit like the seaside spot did last year and there's some cracking guesses out there and i know you both have made sort of some predictions pre so we'll do them live on air and and maybe get a fan on um to to give us their thoughts on, on 1 to 20 24 as well but leaves me to say thank you so much it's been such a welcomed well, a welcome start for the third tier. I think it's our like 10th show now and, and it's been it's been awesome. So I can't wait to meet some new fans next season of new clubs that have come up and down and fingers crossed it's going to be an incredible season. So thank you so much for me. Maybe some audio pods out in the meantime, guys, but I just want to say first and foremost, thanks for the support. Keep with us for, for pre-season and we look forward to seeing next season. Matt, anything to say to the viewers and listeners? It's pretty much the same and thank you to
2: you as well for getting me involved. Like I say, it was something that I've been wanting to do and it's nice to regularly talk about league one as a whole rather than just the jills because that does not get boring but it, you know it's one club and you're talking about the same things week on week and it's nice to be able to, to cover the division as a whole on a regular basis with you two and both of you very knowledgeable and passionate about your teams and obviously we know you'll be doing it as a an independent next season because you'll be in the championship and enjoying the second tier i'm sure you'll get involved onto that podcast at some point but no thanks for getting me on and Thanks to everyone who who makes it what it is. I say the same as I do with my channel. It's nothing if no one interacts and no one retweets and shares and comments on Twitter or gets involved and makes comments on the live feeds. It would just be us three talking to each other. So to everyone who's liked, shared, retweeted, shouted out and done all that, thank you very much because it makes the show much more enjoyable.
0: Thanks. Ben, we'll end with you, mate.
1: Yeah, mate, honestly, thank you for getting me on. Obviously, when you first approached me, you know, at the start of the year, I was absolutely buzzing to get on and I've enjoyed talking about you know, league one, it's kind of kicked me on knowing what I want to talk about now. So I can't thank you both enough. It's been you know, an absolute pleasure on a, on a Monday to come on and, you know, kind of get a bit of stress out with maybe me sleep with a or, or drawn, but no, I, I've really enjoyed it. And like Matt said, without the viewers, it's nothing. And, you know, we, we have those that tune in and, you know, the, the regulars as well, you know, like the first, Jonathan and so on, but there's loads of them that are, are so supportive and I can't wait for next year. And, uh, you know, like I say, we'll only get better. So hopefully, um, next year we have a bit more to talk about. You know, full season and uh, hopefully get better as well. But thank you again, mate.
0: know, Rose. and we get to see you both uh, at games next season and the videos back with actual fans singing songs. So um, yeah, I can't I can't wait to see the, the fans' videos and getting them involved next season. It gives us another dynamic
1: dynamic to the show as well. I think uh, someone before... put did these Tom. Sorry to interrupt, mate. No, I no, you're fine, mate. I think someone put uh, a Blackpool fan he was at Wembley and he didn't get his phone out because someone texted him thinking there was going to be um, a goal alert because he thought the match was behind. Because he's so used to watching an iPhone, I think he'll. Um, oh my god! A, I think it'll be a. He while must have had until, too many
0: Guinnesses, mate. <laughs> and, uh, I think
1: it'll be a while until um, we're, we're you know we're fully uh, back into swing, but I can't wait. And hopefully, um, it's uh, a good season for us all.
0: Of course. Uh for now and and we'll see you in a few weeks maybe a month or so um it's a good night from all of us and see you soon take care everyone